there is a huge trap that the devil has set up for this year and this time, this age in the earth. And the question is, do you know about it and will you fall for it? That's what we're talking about today. And uh, I want to jump right in, uh, in into this. I want to go into Romans uh, chapter 8 and 1 Corinthians uh, 2 and verse 14. So if you would, pull up uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. And uh, Mark, if you would pull up Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. So one of the things that we see is a way of God is moving by the Spirit, obviously. And specifically, uh, Mark, if you'll read that Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, and just listen to what this says here. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So the first thing that we see is that obviously we're supposed to set ourselves and our lives by the Spirit of God, not by the corrupted flesh of man while we still have these corrupted bodies. Uh, so it's not set on the corrupted flesh, and that's the context there. God's showing us spirit good, flesh bad, right? But then he goes on to say, not only is, am I saying that this is good and this is bad, but there's a fruit to be had from that, that a mind that's set on the, on the flesh is death. In other words, there's going to be a lack and a death that comes to people in their lives. There's going to be a manifestation of lack moving towards death all the time for people whose mind is set on things of the flesh, of the corrupted flesh. And when I say that, I'm talking about the mind, the will, the emotions. When it's set on things of the flesh, the corrupted flesh, and not the spirit. Well, well, what's in the corrupted flesh? Well, a a good test for that is what is not in the spirit. In other words, if it's not by the spirit of God, then it's in the flesh, you know. Yeah. Uh, somebody could say, well, well, God gave us a mind to use. Yeah, but is that mind being used on meditating on the word and the promises and the character and nature of God? Or is that mind being used to protect yourself and become your own source? Right. That kind of thing. And so, but he says the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Okay, so establishing that first, now let's read uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Correct. All right, now, I want to go, I want you to see this. So where he says, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So in other words, we can can get ourselves into a position where the things of the Spirit of God, we don't receive them. Yeah. We don't receive the things of God. They're from God. They're right. They're good. It's life and peace. But because of our immaturity and because of our walk, we don't receive those things, right? And that's what it says. A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So one of the things we should avoid is being a natural man, like a natural-led man or a flesh-led man or a man led by by sight, uh, by the senses, mm-hmm. and we're, who, how are we supposed to be led? By the Spirit of by God. By the Spirit. And so he says, uh, they, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. In other words, now watch this, the things of God to a natural fleshly man 
or woman, it's just talking about humankind, uh, is foolishness. So obviously, we're going to come up against some things that that doesn't seem logical to right. me, right? Yeah. From that one verse, we can, we can discern and, and translate that into, I'm going to see some things that the Spirit of God says that in the flesh, in the natural corrupted flesh, it's going to be illogical, yeah. right? And so, but the question is, do I know that it originated from God? And if so, I should follow it anyway. Right. And the question then is, do I know what God actually would be originating, right? So our knowledge of God it becomes very, very important. I, I've, I've said this multiple times as a pastor for years now, and it just seems to be increasing, is it's, it's almost hard for me to fathom how little the American church knows about the Word of God. And, and that scripture that Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God, has really come alive to me because it's a major problem today. Right. Not knowing the Word of God is, means they don't know God, which means when he's moving by the Spirit, they don't have the spiritual sense to discern that, and so they go with their earthly logic, that natural, corrupted flesh logic, instead of the spirit, and that means now they have a mindset on flesh, and it's going to lead towards death every time, every time. But then it says this, he says the things of God are foolishness to him, and he can't understand them, watch, by natural thinking. Right. That's the context. He can't understand them by natural thinking, because they are spiritually appraised. So what we can take from these verses is this. We really, really want to get good at living by the Spirit and not by the flesh, yeah. right? We really want to be good by that because in the last days, there's going to be some things that happen that are really going to look illogical, very illogical. And we don't want to get caught in that trap of logic of the world and miss what the Spirit of God is saying. Yeah. And the Lord's given us the ability to walk through these things, but we need to walk through them. So if you look it back in Genesis, I think it's chapter 11, at the Tower of Babel, one of the things that you find there is God had made man so amazingly well that God made this statement himself. They will be able to do, I'm paraphrasing, they'll be able to do anything they set their mind to. Yeah. Like, they'll be able to do it. And so, but the problem is, because of the corruption of sin, if they do anything they set their mind to, the end of that will be their own destruction. So in order to save all of humanity from destruction, he said, I've got to put a cap on this, and I've got to put a ceiling on it where they can't go any further. And from that point, he... he uh, took the language, uh, he, he confused the language, that's why it's called the Tower of Babel, and uh, you know where we get the word Babel from, where you're babbling like and it doesn't make any sense, as, is there. And so he said, I can't let them keep going because watch this, and they even said this in the Tower of Babel in Genesis. They said that I, we will make a name for ourselves. In other words, they stepped into the position where they said, let us do these things for our own good, and to be our own source. Well, without having God as your source, ultimately that plan is always going to unravel and it's going to lead to destruction. That's obviously a natural, worldly, fleshly thought, not a thought of the Spirit. A thought of the Spirit is God is my source 
He's the one who gets the glory. They were saying, we'll be our own source and we'll give ourselves the glory. God said, if you do that, you're going to lead all of humanity to destruction. That's the end, end result of that. So he puts a cap on it. He puts a ceiling on it so that mankind would not destroy themselves. Yeah. Right? But you see that heart. That heart is what I want to talk about. Is in the last days, people are going to uh, bring about that heart again, and they are already, and it's really tied to a spirit of Antichrist and sets up a trap for us to protect ourselves, to make a name for ourselves, to make us feel good about ourselves, like, you know, pat each other on the back and everything. And if you want to see that, I mean, just look at social media. I mean, one yeah. of the major topics that's being talked about right now is the uh, basically uh, what's the, the counterfeit uh, happiness that people are having from the dopamine of their likes and the comments and stuff that happens during that and how it is having an adverse effect on our whole society because people feel like they need to be living in that all the time and, and, it's, and it's really changing their psychology because of all these dopamine hits when somebody likes their stuff and they feel like they're special. And so what happens if they constantly think that they're special by a kind of a, a segregated audience that's just their friends, right, then all of a sudden they're not willing to challenge themselves and grow. They keep thinking what they're doing is right. Yeah, right. And, and, and before you know it, the trap is that you have no perception First of all, you, you can't live without feeling that way, which is very dangerous, right? Uh, you're living by the flesh. You're living by the, the emotions there. And you, you can't be challenged in any way because you think that you're right. So you won't judge yourself. You won't challenge yourself. And it leads to a lot of problems. And it gets to the place where you're hearing this more and more is everyone has their own truth, right? Everyone, you have your truth. I have mine. No. No, that's not the way it works. There is one truth. You know, truth by definition has to be polarizing. You see what I'm saying? It, it, truth, you can't have everything be truth. You have good or bad. Yeah. You can't have both of them be good, yeah. right? And, and the Bible says they'll say, they'll call good, bad, and bad, good. Why? Because those lines get mixed up. Because everybody thinks that they're right and everybody thinks that they have a right to whatever they think is right. And they can take their thoughts and put them on other people. But the other people have a right to believe what they believe too, right? So you got a whole mixture of mess, right? Just a mixture of mess. And where does this come from? And here's the trap of the last days. I want us to go, if you would, just I want you to go to... First uh, Thessalonians five three and Second Timothy four three. So First Thessalonians five three and Second Timothy four three. First um, Thessalonians five three. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. So I already mentioned one item that would happen in the last days, a trap that is in, in place this year, is that they'll call, the Bible says they'll call good, you know, evil good and good evil, that kind of thing. All right, that's one thing. Here, and, and it goes along with this. Here's another thing. In the last days, it's talking about the last days. In the last days, 
uh, you're going to see where, the, where they preach peace and safety. Peace and safety. All right? Now, the problem with that is this. Is where is peace and safety located? In the Lord. In the Lord, ultimately, that's a truth. But the peace and safety, this is, this is a negative context. This is saying, it's been saying, said the wrong way. This is not a peace and safety wrapped up actually in the Lord. This is a peace and safety that they try to create themselves. Right. They try to save themselves. They try to create peace themselves. Well, you just don't need to talk about that and not be in conflict because you're just not bringing peace to the situation. Well, if somebody's bringing truth, that actually can bring the ultimate result of peace. And without truth, you won't have peace, right? And so you're actually seeing it on a very surface level, but you're, you're talking about your own peace. And it's the same thing from Babel where they're trying to create peace and safety on their own accord without pulling on God as the source and without seeing him as the source. And this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. So if it's not, if peace and safety is not from God, where would peace and safety be checked off like, yep, that's peace, yeah, I'm safe now? Where would that occur? And it would occur in their mind, in the soul. They would say, oh, okay, I've got all the ducks in a row now. Now I'm peaceful. Now I'm saying, hey, do this and you will be safe. Right. Do this and you will be at peace. And what it is is if I can get sort out all my stuff and I can be, I can be my own source, mm -hmm. then I've checked all the boxes of peace and safety. So now I'm peace, I'm at peace and yeah. I'm safe. But it's not real safety and it's not real peace. It's just in their mind, they've constructed the thought that they are at peace and they are safe now. They've constructed that, but it's not real. Yeah. And this is something, but they look for that. They long for that. And why would they long for that? Because the trap in this age is this, that people will live by their soul. They'll live in the soulish realm so much, and if their soul is not satisfied, They'll flip out if their soul, if their mind, and their emotions are not satisfied, and they don't have all of what they think needs to take place. They will not have peace, and they will not be safe. And so what this shows is that the trap in the last days is that people live by their soul, their mind, will, and emotions more than anything else, and peace and safety is the only thing that, that preaching of peace and safety and do this and you'll be safe and do this and you'll be at peace, that type of thinking is the only thing that's going to satisfy. Now read your verse now as well, 2 Timothy. Uh, 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And then verse 4 says, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. So what you see is the same thing in action here in these last days. What are they going to do? They don't want to hear truth. They want their ears to be tickled, which is representative of my senses being coaxed, right? My senses being coddled, my senses being uh, you know, at ease and not agitated. So in other words, again, where is this happening? Where's the trap? 
in soulish thinking. Yeah. Like if you preacher, if you don't preach and make me feel good and give me that dopamine hit, right? I'm not coming back to this church. I'm not coming back to this church. Well, this is a major, major problem. And so you see this trap is lined up for the last days. And we are in the last of the last days. This trap is lined up that people will live by their soul and they will be so wrapped up in their soul that even when the truth is preached, even Christians, when the truth is preached, they won't accept it. Yeah. They won't accept it. They won't hear it. Why? Because the only thing that makes them feel right is their soul having peace and safety, not their spirit, yeah. Yeah. not the spirit of man, but their soul. And if I don't have my all the boxes checked off, then I'm not at peace. It's not all right. But if I can do this for myself, then I'll be okay. And so where does the source go? The source then becomes themselves and what they've been told and what they believe, but not God. And, and of course, when you move into that area, you're in danger because you, you yeah. are not living by the Spirit anymore. You're living by a mindset yeah. on the flesh, and the end of that is death. Yeah. Well, I think with this messages like this where we talk about the last days and things that will happen during this time, it's very easy. I've done it so many times to hear it and get an us versus them mentality. Like, well, that's the world. That's what the world is going to do. But because I'm part of the body, I don't do that. Like, look at how bad the world is. But here's the thing. The trap set for the believer as well. You know, without a revelation of righteousness, all that pastor was just saying about getting your ducks in a row, unless we have a revelation of the righteousness of God in Christ, We've all done the same exact thing. And what I mean by that is getting your ducks in a row logically, appeasing the soul. Well, my soul knows that when a symptom comes on me, I have to do this and this and this and this. And once I check these things off, then logically I can then be in position to receive the healing. That's the exact same thing that these scriptures are talking about where it's, a false sense of peace because it's me doing it. Now, faith is an action. Faith is my responsibility. That's my job to do. But if I become my own source of healing, like my actions then qualify me to receive from God, I'm not receiving the sacrifice that he made for me. I'm making myself Jesus and I'm really bad at it. Like, and so... It's not an us versus them. It's recognizing how many times have we already fallen into this trap before and realizing you don't have to keep falling that way. All you need is that revelation of righteousness, cleansing your mind, renewing it. You don't have to do that. But we probably all have. <laughs> like At yeah, some point in yeah. time, we've probably all done it. And humility will open up the door to allow us to not have to keep repeating the mistake. Yeah. yeah. When you say the world and stuff, I used to uh, think that you were talking about literally just the world or worldliness, just the world, and then, like you're saying, versus the church and, and the body. But the issue is we, we've we had so much of the world in us. Uh, yes. When you say the yeah. world, you're, you're talking about the worldly nature that's in even yeah. Christians, that's in the body and everything. And you can see it so much with, with people in churches who are like, I'm good. Like, I don't... I don't need to be stretched. I don't need to grow. I don't want you to tell me anything to correct. I don't, 
oh, how about this? I don't want a pastor to tell me what to do. I right, don't need right. a pastor to tell me what to do. Should we have someone boss us around? No, but their heart behind it shows yeah. it, they have the wrong heart of I'm Correct. good. Yeah. Let me numb my senses. Let me pretend that because I go to church and Jesus is my savior, yeah. I'm good. I don't need yeah. to do anything else. I am and they, they're like like numbing themselves, like trying to maintain that peace. Um, yeah. Like yeah. in their minds, like uh, let me let me just take a Sunday nap and num- numb myself yeah. and I'm fine. So you see yeah. that a lot in the church, unfortunately. It's, yeah. it's the same trap, just packaged with Christian wrapping paper on it. Yeah. Like religion it, on it. Yeah, it is. And, and think about it, as I'm even saying that, y'all probably have thoughts of where you've fallen for it or watched other people falling for yeah. that. Sure. And here's the major point that I want us to see who are watching this today is without purposing ourselves to really become strong at being led by the Spirit, then this is an easy trap to fall into. And if you don't believe that, just look at the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you had people that were more, that, that were more concerned about people than they were God. You saw that at Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is on a Sunday, and how much of the church shut down instead of worshiping Jesus because yeah. it coddles people's flesh. Correct. Yeah, I know. It's like, and I get it. I understand that thinking a little bit, but it's like, still, why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know, what's yeah. the purpose? Is he Lord or is he just like a side item in yeah. our lives? I mean, is is it like, you know, Jesus a la carte where I just, I get him when... When I want him, right? Like, like that's a buffet yeah, that's choosing. not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And but we we really have this time. Think about this. Think about what he just said in these scriptures. In the last days, these are both talking about the last days. Um, he said, "This is what's going to happen." Yeah. And and people are going to be mo- and the reason he's saying that is people watch this. If you look at it in context, people will be moved. By the preaching of peace and safety, and they'll be moved by preaching that tickles their ears. Yeah. And will not accept the truth. Yeah. Like they will not accept the truth. So this is a major trap that the Lord is warning us about and telling us, don't you fall for this. But yeah. honestly, how many people have fallen for that already just in the last few years? Yeah. And and I often wondered, like, how will people fall for the Antichrist, they'll fall for it because he'll say, if you don't come and worship me, you can't feed your family. And then somebody will say, well, God's given us a brain to figure this out. I don't really uh, believe in him and worship him, but I need to feed my family and God's given me a brain. I need to use it. And they're going to worship, end up worshiping the Antichrist, taking the mark under that reason and logic because they're locked up in the soulish realm. Yeah. They're so locked up in the soulish realm, they can't see it. They won't be able to see it. Why? Because they've not grown in their discernment and they're flowing in the Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, last night we were talking um, at Impact, we were talking about the reset, reset fellowship. And it's talking about an intimate fellowship with God. And I, I was talking afterwards and I was saying, I've gotten to the the place. I've gotten to the place where my my fellowship with God is so strong. I trust that more than what I'm seeing happen in front of my eyes. You know, because the things 
And you look, look at this verse, uh, go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18. And the things that are in front of your eyes can change and be manipulated. Senses can be manipulated. Uh, even thoughts can be manipulated. Yeah. You know, and he's the prince of the power of the air, right? Uh, sounds, words, all of that stuff can be manipulated. And so you don't trust, you don't walk by sight, right? You don't walk by feelings. You walk by faith in the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's leading you to. So this major trap in this time is that people will operate in their soul and not by the Spirit. And then just look at this. Read this verse and look at what God says about what you see. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So everything that we see is subject to change. That's what uh, Jerry Savelle said when he studied it out and preached on that. They're subject to change, which means everything that we can see, it can change. Yeah. And, and now you can, you can see that from a negative, like this could not be what it's proposing to be. Or it could be in a positive where it's like everything negative I come up against, yeah. this can change, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in that way. And... We've got to be faithful people that keep our eyes above yeah. and, and on the things of God and on the things of the Spirit, not on the things that are feeding our soul, yeah. right? And this trap is a major, major trap uh, for this age. And I'll talk more about how, how that is, but also how to not go there. But anyway, I'll open it up to y'all. One of the things that's coming up, and it may seem like I'm turning, I'm not, I'm not turning, but what come, kept coming up to me is that we're designed to be followers of Christ. Yes. You know, we, our yeah. very nature is a nature that is a follower. Like we are designed to follow someone. And as followers, if we are not submitted to the head, we'll follow whomever is That's the most right. confident yeah. and loud. Like yeah. it's just, it's just how our nature works. We're looking for someone to follow, whether it's yeah. a man or yeah. it's ourselves. We look for that. It's, it's in our DNA. Yeah. And that's why you've seen so many people, in, at least in America, following all of these voices that are leading the church to destruction yeah. because they don't know any better. There haven't been, until recently, there haven't been people who have been will that have been heard that have been willing to stand up and raise a standard against the world and yes. say, this is what the Word of God says. It's why I'm so thankful for you and Pastor Nicole because you really, I mean, you've said it, I don't know how many times now, you could give a rip what the world thinks of you. Yeah, it's yeah. your job to lead your church, the people that are assigned to you, into yeah. the fullness of the word. Yeah. And so why am I saying this? Because we can hear a word like this and know there are traps set for us and still fall into them if we're not connected properly. Yeah. We have to be connected in a body to That's leaders, true. to a yeah. shepherd who is anointed bearing the fruit of the word of God who will be able to let us know that's a trap. That's dis that's dangerous. That's destructive. That's what yesterday was, yeah. was our shepherd standing up and saying, guys, you're about to fall. Yeah. That's, that's the shepherd's hook that keeps us from falling. Yeah. And 
it's not an option. You know, hear that. It's not optional for a believer to be planted in a body and yeah. submitted to the head of that That's body. True. It's not yeah. optional. It's mandatory. And that per, that shepherd will challenge you. Like should. I, was, I yeah. should, yeah. if they're a true shepherd, they should. Yeah. Like I was listening to Dr. Rodney, one of your spiritual fathers in the faith. Yeah. I was listening to him on New Year's Eve and it like, it was, I listened to it. My flesh got so uncomfortable listening <laughs> to it because he spent so much of New Year's Eve talking about martyrdom in 2023. He's like, this could be your year that you give your life for the Lord. Are you all in enough to say goodbye wow. to my children, goodbye to my wife? Like, are you willing to do that? And it challenged my soul so yeah. much that like I literally started crying because I'm like, I I, I, I don't know, yeah. but that's a, that's someone who's a true shepherd that'll yeah. stretch your flesh, a true shepherd yeah. who will come onto a broadcast like yesterday and say, wake yeah. up, wake up. How do you avoid this stuff? You get planted. Yeah. You submit even when the flesh is squirming and screaming and saying, I hate this. Your yeah. flesh hates it, but you know what your spirit man is doing? It's breathing a sigh of relief because yeah. it knows freedom is coming to me. Hope is mine. Yeah. What you also see in that verse is when he when he tells us that they gather to them people that tickle their ears, right? Um, what you see is that real preaching is not going to do that. No. <laughs> real preaching is not going to tickle your ears. <laughs> like, I mean, by definition and context, that's what's being said in there. When you actually have some, and we have that, of course, with Jesus with John the Baptist, you know, when, when John the Baptist is preaching, they're calling for his head and eventually take it. Yep. You know, they eventually take his head. Why? Because his preaching made them so uncomfortable, right, in their flesh. But it also caused how many to repent right. and be prepared to receive Christ. So while his preaching was uncomfortable to the uh, fleshly soul, right, it was also exactly what was needed to prepare the glory of the Lord yeah. to happen, right? And the same thing with Jesus. He had to preach, you know, about the flesh and the blood in John chapter six, 6. And one of the things that you see is that was preparing us to understand what he was really doing by right. offering himself as the bread of life and the blood of the lamb. We had to see that and know that and know that we weren't just alongside of it he, he wasn't an a la carte thing. He, he, we became a part of him, and yes. he became a part of us. Like it, that it, there was a union together, and the two became one in that covenant. And so, but where did that come from? From some preaching that, listen, Jesus, yeah. who didn't miss it, never said a wrong word, never sinned, spotless, mm -hmm. blameless, never missed it. And yet, he what he preached caused most of his church to leave. Right. Most of them. Most of them. And it's like, and then we think that proper preaching today is going to make us feel good. No, it's not. Make our flesh, I'm saying. Your spirit will love it. I, love, I think it was yesterday where uh, uh, somebody, somebody, Sydney put up on there, she was like, man, my flesh is like struggling with this, but my spirit's jumping for joy basically is what she showed. And and that's exactly what will happen. Your spirit will be like, yes, I'm called to this. Yeah. This is who I am. Uh, but watch this. 
But when your flesh man has been fed more than your spirit man, even though your spirit is agreeing with it, that flesh man that's been fed more will shut it down. And so the soulish trap of this time and of this age is that you've got to be purposeful before these things really get rolling that I have reduced that soulish man and I have increased the operation of my spirit man through the Holy Spirit. And so that is a purpose thing that the body of Christ needs to be doing is learning to live by their by their spirit and not by the soul. It is a major, major trap mm-hmm. right now. Um, I came up to me. I was wanting to hear what you had to say. Uh, something that I've come against with stuff like this when I have had the Lord challenge me to give something to Him or to... Uh, to put my flesh down in a new way or whatever, it seems like I have uh, often had people who are also saved say, like, you're, you're being too hard on yourself. Like, you right. know, God loves right. you, and, and God wants to give you the desires of your heart, and they'll use Scripture in that way of, like, you don't, you don't need to, um, you know, you're, you're just being too hard on yourself. But how do you find that balance of, of not going into legalism of just, um, and, and putting down your flesh to the point where you're doing it out of God's leading and you're doing it to pay a penalty, to pay a price. Yeah. And living in that place, it, I just and also to be able to respond to people who say things like that. I mean, we gave scripture, but, but yeah. also not, not getting to the point where you're just like beating yourself up or beating your flesh up, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, first of all, the desires of your heart, where it talks about there in, in context, is not talking about what your flesh wants. You know, it's talking about what does God want. Your heart is that inward man, that spirit. And so if you're born again, he's, he's put things inside of you from your foundation uh, that he desires to see come to pass for you and through you and in you. And uh, But... So when he talks about giving us the desires of our heart, the proper operation of that is we're in such a tight fellowship with God that what he wants, we want, right? Mm -hmm. And so not, I want the cookie, so God wants me to have the cookie, right? Like that's fleshly. Now, he may, I mean, Joyce Meyer wrote a book on it called Eat the Cookie, and that's going to what you're kind of saying is that you don't walk in so much legalism that you can't even function and can't even enjoy life. He said, i I want you to have and enjoy life. He did put us in a fleshly world that has fleshly pleasures. The question is, what's motivating that flesh? Is the corrupted flesh motivating that? Or is the Spirit of God motivating that? You know, there's something, you know, think about when he says, when he makes this statement, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Now, why is God saying that? Because he's enticing you. Like he's showing you and enticing you to get this reward of being willing and obedient. And he's saying, you can have this, you can achieve this, and I want you to have it. Right. And he, he shows literally by that statement that he doesn't mind us walking in things that are good. But what we have to do is we have to challenge where did this thought come from? Yeah. Was it motivated from the flesh, right? Or was it motivated from the spirit? So for example where the scripture that talks about the spirit, I think you and I were talking about this the other day, the scripture talks about that 
the spirit and the flesh, they're always at war with each other, right? That doesn't mean that they won't always have the same uh, idea or thought. So, for example, um, uh, let's see here. Trying to think of something recent. I had several things recently. Uh, For example, the Lord, by the Spirit, directed me to take the family to New York over Christmas, right? That's what the Holy Spirit directed me to do. I knew it was the Lord. I could I could tell how it came up, what was said. I knew that was the Lord. Well, my flesh also liked that, which which is why, because my flesh would like that too, I'd make sure that I check it and double check it and recheck it, you know, to make sure that I'd, it didn't originate from my flesh, man. Yeah. I want to make sure that it didn't originate there. Let's make sure that this originated on God. So I from God. So I'll take that thought and that idea, I'll put it on the altar and and I, you know, ask the Lord to show it to me very clearly. If it's not you, burn it up. Yeah. You know, I'm throwing it on the altar and and burn it up. And if it is you, it'll glow with the glory and it'll remain, right? And uh, but I have to make sure that that's not uh uh because my head really wants it. I got to make sure that it's from my spirit, man. This is where we really need to grow in that area, in that ability to discern between the flesh man and the spirit of man. And and the Bible says this, the word of God, the word of God, the more we know about God and who he is and what he is, the word of God sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder soul and spirit, right? Soul and spirit. So the word of God and fellowship with God and the leading of the Holy Spirit will cause us to know. Remember, he talks about with the Holy Spirit, you'll have the inward witness. The inward witness and the Word of God, these things will help us to see what is God and what isn't God. And so in that, in that item, going up to New York for Christmas, I really, I enjoyed that. I wanted to go in my flesh side of me, right? But here's the thing. Where did the idea stem from? Where did it originate? Where did it motivate from? And what that scripture is saying is the flesh and the spirit may line up in the action that's taken, but the motivation behind it is always at war. Yeah. It's yeah. always at war because the flesh will want to do it to serve itself. Yeah. The spirit will want to do it to serve God. Yeah. And that's the difference between the two. Now, most of the time, they don't always line up. A lot of times, they are so opposite of each other. But every now and then, they do, and that confuses people when you get to that place. But these types of things are the things that we need to understand so that we can operate more by the Spirit and less by the soul. And uh, But a lot of times, what will happen is because somebody doesn't have a revelation of righteousness, and they are condemning themselves, and of course, you go back you know, reverse back a few verses uh, in Romans 8 and you get to the scriptures about there's no, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And the King James says it this way, who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. But you can see that condemnation is bad, right? Um, we want to discern and we want to have proper judgment and we want conviction from God, but condemnation's not what he's bringing. He brought Jesus to deliver us from condemnation, right? So condemnation, it brings punishment in that way. Many times, because we've not by faith received, we've not by faith received the fullness 
uh, the walking out of our righteousness, then we constantly carry a condemning. And that condemning makes us feel like I need to pay a price to, to get the good things. I need to pay a price to be good, right? And then many times what will happen is people will sit there and, and out of condemnation, which is a function of the flesh and the soul, not from the Spirit of God, they'll say, well, I just can't receive that because I'm not good enough. And they feel like they're subconsciously paying a price to do that. Or I need to, I need to go and I need to go to church Every single time the doors are open for every service, for every serving opportunity, for everything. No, you don't. You don't. When there's a gathering of the corporate body, yes, you need to be there. But you don't have to be on every team. You're not supposed to be on every team. Like, and, and for you to not be invited to a certain team is not, is not a dig towards you. you. You see what I mean? That can all be the soul, and it can all be the flesh operating from condemnation not a revelation of righteousness. So where did it originate? It looks like you're doing something good, but you're really not because the origination of it was the flesh bringing your soul to think about how bad you are, how not good you are. And that was the origination of that thought. And so it's good to challenge that and to get better at recognizing where did this come from? You know, did it come from my fleshly soul or did it come from uh, my spirit? Right? It's very good. And that's the trap of these days. Look at this going back into um, going back into uh, I think it's the peace and safety. Yeah. No, no, no. Going going back to uh 2 Timothy 4. All right. So go to 2 Timothy uh, 4 and look at what it says. It says, I solemnly he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of, and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, that was yesterday. <laughs> Exhort, that was the end of yesterday, <laughs> with great patience and instruction. Now, right there is a word for all ministers, with great patience. <laughs> you will go for years and years and have people not do what you tell them to do. Have great patience. It's going to take it. Amen. And, and instruction, for the time will come where, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you being sober, be sober about this. Don't get drunk on the deceptions of your soul, right? Be sober in all things, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, yeah. right? And, and, he, and then he goes, for I'm being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. And in the future, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing, right? So all, and think about who's going to love his appearing, the ones who upheld him. You know, you got to think the ones who think that they upheld him 
and then they find out and, and truth shows up and truth is not what they thought it was, they're not going to love his appearing. They're not going to love it. But how do you avoid, and, and what he says is, how do you avoid this trap and this deception of falling for the soul in this age? How do you avoid it? Preach the word. Be ready in season out. When you preach, reprove, rebuke, exhort with patience and instruction. In other words, when you get real preaching, not the preaching that tickles the ears, but real preaching under an anointing, that will bring the people to a place where they won't fall. He's giving him instruction. Here's how to be a good preacher. And he's given us the instruction. Here's how what a good preacher looks like. And here's how to avoid the trap of the soul where it's going to go after being its own source and it's going to go after peace and safety in those last days. Here's how to go after it. Sit under good preaching. Yeah. Sit under good anointed preaching, right? Pastor John, Happy New Year. Good to see you too. And so you see, sit under good preaching. I love what Holly said earlier. She, she wrote uh, quite a ways back. She said, I always considered, she said, I've fallen for the trap of the last days being something years away and not right now. So I've thought that these will apply later and something to look for and watch for in the future. And what she's saying is, I didn't realize we're in that now. Like it's not coming it's here. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well, stronger than I've ever seen it in my life. And it is causing people to fall. The trap that we proved and showed today in scripture is that people will operate by the soul and not by the spirit. Yeah. They will be so moved by and their peace in their soul, but not in their spirit, man. Peace in their soul over and over and over again. They'll have that peace in their soul, and they'll be moved by it, and they'll live by that soul, and it'll lead to their death. It'll lead to their destruction. Now, go, go to the other verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians, and look at this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1. Now, as to the times and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. Now, right there, note, he's talking about the last days. And he's also saying when the day of the Lord comes, people think they're going to be okay. They think they're going to be safe. They think they're going to be at peace. That's what he's saying. In other words, it's going to come quickly, and it's going to surprise people. Yeah. It's going to surprise people. And then he says this, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come on them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. So right there, just look at the context of this. He's saying they're going to be, and we already uh, developed this earlier in the broadcast, the soulish trap, they'll be operating so much that the only way that they feel comfortable is if their soul is satisfied, not their spirit man. Whereas Colossians you know, 1.15 says that, that we are to live by the peace that rules in our heart. Let the peace that rules in our heart uh, guard us. Let it, let it protect us. Let it show us what to do. The peace in our inner man. Not peace in your head. 
Not peace in your soul, peace in the inner man. I can read headlines all day long, and in my head, my brain's going, ah, this is nuts. I told Nicole last night, I read a, I read a thing, and I was like, this is crazy. And in my head, I don't have peace in my head over that issue and over all these different headlines. I don't feel safe when I read those headlines in my soul, in my fleshly soul. But in my heart, oh, I've got peace. And I, and I feel safe because I know I am in the Lord. He's got me. No evil will befall me. So I'm not trying to move to shore up those unsafe things and those things of a lack of peace that's happening in the world. I'm not trying to shore those up. I'm trying to make sure that I shore up my walk with God in the spirit, right? He says they're, they're going to be saying peace and safety because the only way that they feel safe is if their soul is satisfied. If the check boxes of their soul, of the fleshly soul, is checked. That's the only way. And while they're saying that, and they think that they're safe, destruction comes on them like a thief in the night. And you're saying, this is not going to work. And here's the trap. I'm telling you ahead of time. Don't fall for this. Watch this. But you, brethren, and, and take, take this in a way of, man, we've got an answer. Because he's saying, for you, believer, who will have it and not fall for this trap, but you, brethren, you are not in darkness. That day would overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. You notice that? See how that keeps coming about? Be sober. Be alert. Don't be asleep to this. Wake up. Yeah. Wake up. Right. And this is his, this is a, a warning to the church. There's a trap. There's a trap of living by your soul, living by the fleshly mind, fleshly will, fleshly emotions, fleshly logic, and it will trap and destroy some believers. But you won't be, you won't be called in this. You won't be called yeah. in this. He says, for those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as, as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us. God's not destined you for wrath. Yeah. But he's destined you for the obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. In other words, whether we are alive or dead physically, uh, not just talking about not being sober, whether we're alive or dead, we will live with him, right? Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. So what we see is both times he says, you need to be sober in this day. Well, what day are we talking about? We're talking about the last days. Well, we are in, the Bible has already proven today, we are in the last of the last days. We are in the last of the last days. And destruction is on the horizon, but before that is a great glory of God. But don't just take the word glory and then think like you don't have any work to do on yourself. 
Yet there's a trap there in those last days. There's glory too. The people who walk in the glory are the ones who will be sober. They will endure sound preaching and truthful doctrine. They will not just uh, uh, follow the easy path to easy preaching that tickles their ears. They won't be wrapped up in their mind where they're checking all the boxes of peace and safety and having the, those things checked. No, they will put their flesh down. They will not live by the soul, but live by the Spirit. Their mindset on the Spirit is life and peace, and they will be protected. God will talk to them. God will show them what to do. They'll move into the glory of God. They'll arise and shine, and they'll have those things, and they will not fall prey like that Like that, when the thief of the night comes in, the thief of the night comes. They won't fall prey to that because they are moved by the Spirit of God and not by the soul, Right? Now, think about this. With all of that scripture, do we have a responsibility to work on that? Yes. Because what happens if you don't? What happens if a believer doesn't work on operating by the Spirit and hearing the Spirit of God on a daily basis, but instead they live all by their logic and, and you know, because, well, God gave me this brain to live by, and that's their, that's their catch. That, that's all nice and good, but that's not scripture. What I just gave is scripture. Yeah. That's truth. See, even that thought is, that's a fleshly thought. It's reason. And listen, reason is what corrupted the devil. He was caught in his reasonings, right? And so he's good at catching other people in that same way. That's why the full counsel of the word has to be our standard. And we, do, and we won't get caught in this trap. But we have to purpose ourselves to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh, and specifically not by the soul. Yeah. I was, um, y'all may have some things, but the other day I was talking to Deb, who's uh, on our ELT and for years, and I said, Deb, I've never seen such a, I've never seen such a time where people are so entrapped by their soul. Like and and if, think about this. Like even in our we, our church is great, it's doing great things. But think about this: Why would somebody? And let me prove to you that we all have work to do. All right. Why would somebody who knows what to do and knows the answer? If I gave a test on spiritually, how do you handle this problem? They could ace the test. They know what to do. Keep falling for the same emotion the same logic, the same all of that. Why would they do it? Why would they keep falling for that when they know the answer? And the answer is because as much as they wouldn't want to admit it and don't want to admit it, they're living by the soul. 100%. They're living by the soul. That's why. Why would, why would there be a problem that you know the right thing to do? You even know what to do. When I feel bad, I put on praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. You know to do that. And, and you know not to live by emotion. You know to live by the Spirit. Like, how many people in Boomerang have heard that message? But do you know how many people are repeating the same problem in Boomerang? Repeating the same problem time and time and time and time and time again. And all of us have done it. I've done it too. You know, it's a lot of people. In a church with really good preaching. So what does that tell us? That tells us we got some work to do. All of us that where we think we are, we probably aren't. And if we want to, and soberness and being awake and alert means that I don't play games with that. 
Like if I probably am not where I think I am, then I really need to take some time and purpose myself to examine that so that I don't fall prey to that soulish way and that soulish thinking. I need to make sure that I am sober and alert that I am led by the spirit and not by the soul. But if you look at it, if you have a problem that you keep falling into, that means you are led by the soul. Because if you know the spiritual answer and God's word is true and you apply it, that problem's done. Why do you keep falling into it? Because every time an emotion comes up or a thought comes up, you follow that. And it proves that we're more, we've been more led by the soul than what we want to say. All right, well, now that we know that, okay, that, that's not great. What's the first thing that should happen? We should ask for forgiveness and receive that forgiveness for operating in that soulless place. But then instantly we should set, we should purpose ourselves. Stop living by that. I don't live by thoughts. I don't live by emotions. I live by the Spirit of God. I don't fall prey to the fleshly soul, the mind, will, and emotion. I live by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Right? So, amen. Go ahead. I'm just listening. I don't really have anything specific because, I mean, honestly, that's where I've been a lot. I've had many. I've been very honest on the broadcast several times where I've said, pastor said, has told pastors have both helped me see that this is the truth. And and my my, um, religious self, I would be like, yeah, I know that's the truth. And yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm really trying. And you guys would bring me to the decision point to see, no. You're not trying. Like, you don't want this. Like, yeah. you're, okay, you're not putting on praise, not because it's not, not because it's too hard, because you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And that's You're my coming soul. up to a decision point, and you constantly didn't choose that, <laughs> yes. which means you don't want it. You know, if you wanted it, if you wanted to do it, you would do that. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> how dare you tell me what? I don't want it. Yes, now, I do want to. Yeah. What do you mean I don't want to? And I want to. That's where it says the word is sharper, and it divides us under the thoughts and intentions of the heart, right? The thoughts and intentions. In other words, you can have thoughts. You can think you want to, but the true intention is, no, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, no, I yeah. don't. And uh, so you think you do. But your intention is, no, I still want to do this thing because it's comfortable to my flesh and I'm living by my flesh. And, and so what we see is, and this is the truth of the matter is, most of the church, most of the church does not realize just how soulish they've been. And it is a dangerous trap. And they're not willing to even examine if they've been soulish, which is a soulish trap in itself. Yeah. Right? It's like, I, no, I haven't been soulish. Like, that's soulish. Like, what you just said is soulish because you're thinking you're not even willing to examine it. Yeah. At the very least, be willing to say, Lord, help me see where I'm, I have been soulish or might have been soulish. Like, it, what what does that hurt to ask yeah. that question? <laughs> flesh. It hurts the flesh. Yeah, it hurts the flesh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So Kevin said that. He, he said, is it possible that the person doesn't know they're living by the soul and believe they are living by the spirit, one hundred percent. The word says it. One hundred. Yeah. Then he will call Lord, Lord, yeah. and he'll say, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And buddy said, "Shut up, flesh." Yeah, as it goes hand in hand with what you're talking about, but back, rewinding a couple minutes when you were 
in First Thessalonians 5, what, the Lord brought something up to me. He's continued to bring it up to me. In the past, I, like when I used to feel uncomfortable, and you've had to, you had to wake me up to it. I didn't like any time you did it. It never, <laughs> ever was fun. You didn't um, or your flesh didn't? I mean, my soul and my flesh did My spirit Barrett was fine, but yeah, she was a baby um, and didn't good. really know what to do. Um, so she just screamed a lot. But, uh, like, in happiness. But pastor... But let me, before you go on, watch this, because what I just did was help to define and grow in the operation of the soul versus spirit. Because, see, we have this idea, and we constantly say, well, I don't like that. Right. No, your flesh doesn't like that. The real yeah. you, the real spirit of man, actually does like that. Yeah. And when we do, and I'm catching myself on this, yeah. too, because I'm growing in this as well. And, uh, you know, we've had multiple conversations. You're like, I just don't like this. I'm like, that's not true. I was like, do you love God? Yeah. Well, well, God loves this. And your spirit, man, made in his image and likeness and renewed, he likes that. Yeah. So the real you likes this. It's what you're saying, and watch this, is you're identifying. I mean, I've not just had it with you, trust me. But what you're identifying with is that flesh. Yeah. You're saying that you are your flesh. Well, that's going to be a major hiccup yeah. in, in you operating by the spirit. If you keep <laughs> confessing, I'm my flesh. Right. Oh, I just started laughing because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, with the gift of a pastor, you end up pressing certain buttons and like <laughs> not always super defiant, but you've had moments where you've pressed a button and I'm like, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. And you're like, No, yes, you do. And I'm like, No, I don't. <laughs> like, and you're like, I was That's like, your yes, flesh. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good. And, and what does that do? So you can see what I'm doing right now is I'm helping people to move out of the fleshly, soulish operation and move towards the operation of the Spirit by simply recognizing you are not your flesh. Put it in the comments. I am not my flesh. Yeah. I, I have a flesh, but I'm not my flesh. Yeah. You, if you're born again, you are made in the image and likeness of God. You are a speaking spirit. You are not your flesh. But all the wording, all the terminology of the world has taught us that you are your feelings, right? I am what I feel. That's who I am. No, it's not. And that's why many people can't escape addictions and temptations because they keep identifying with what they feel instead of who they are in the spirit. Major point. Major, major point. You are not your flesh. Sorry to cut your story off. (laughs) I'm not. <laughs> uh, it, it really just enhanced it. So what would happen, especially when George and I were very first married, there would be a conflict between George and I. I'd have to face reality, and he'd be bringing a problem up to me. And it, if you're George talking to me, it's like my eyes would glaze over, yeah. and I'd hear you, and it, or I'd hear yeah. him. yeah. And nothing, nothing would impact me, and I'd respond very coldly, like, I'm really sorry you felt that way. Yeah. I remember that, Barrett. I didn't like her. Me neither. (laughs) Um, That was my flesh. You didn't like my flesh. Correct. (laughs) Correct. I didn't like that part of Barrett. Not at all. Barrett's flesh is stupid. (laughs) But but what would happen is I... I watched you do it, and I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. she's better than that. She just doesn't know it. Well, and the reason I bring this up is because... It's not just me that has done this. It's not yeah. just my flesh that's done this. We've been taught that whatever feels uncomfortable, we numb ourselves to it. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to feel the uncomfortable. So you just 
let it happen around you. Sticks and stones will beat my bones, but words will never hurt me. And you just let the words roll off your back and whatever. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you just heard many times over things that will make your flesh uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels uncomfortable to have to face the reality of, have I truly been living in such a way that when the thief comes in the night, I'm not going to be the person skipped over? Yeah. And do I, I need to face the reality of, do my, does my fruit match my proclamation that Jesus is my Lord? And I saw it as you were talking. I saw yeah. it in the spirit, people spiritually letting their eyes glaze over yeah. and being like, well, we're in the uncomfortable part. I'll wait till it changes and then yeah. I'll hop back in. Like, I, I'm not just saying it to say no. I saw it happen. Yeah. And so today, if that was you, if any part of that felt uncomfortable and it's like the glaze came over, you have to do what pastor told yeah. me to do. Yeah. Let it hit you. Yeah. Don't run from conviction of the Correct. Holy Ghost. Yes. Let the conviction hit you. Be willing to face the reality of, I may have yeah. missed the mark of Christ, but praise God, I have a Savior that will raise me up into the fullness of who He is. Yeah. You may not have been Jesus. You may not have been walking like that, but He has a hope for you. There's a hope in Him that's yours. And so you don't, the reason you don't have to be afraid yeah. of conviction is because you have a Savior who will take you by the hand and teach you what to do. But until you yeah. are willing to face reality of this has not been working, this is not at the level of the fullness of Christ, stuff needs to change, it never will change. So be willing to allow yeah. the Lord to open your eyes, pray that over yourself. Like it, it, <laughs> Serena last year, and she said it on here, so it's not private, but Serena last year during the Character Matters course that I taught, like I had the class pray, Lord, show me, th basically, show me things, uh, what you've prayed. Yeah. Open my eyes to every bit of darkness I don't even know is there. Let me see it. And like, that was the first prayer you ever prayed. It's still in my Facebook bio, <laughs> like back in 2013. She prayed it and she meant it. And then the next few weeks, she was like, oh my gosh, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much to do. But yeah. she grew yeah. light years yeah. from where she was. Pray those things over. Lord, let me see with your eyes. Let me know yeah. what you know. Let me see myself as I really am. And let me have the hope of Christ. So your flesh really liked it when I told you to deal with it? My flesh does now. <laughs> Honestly, and that was something that was coming to me. Like, the flesh has a corruption to it always. Yeah. But you can tell your flesh to shut up enough that yeah. it doesn't have a voice anymore. Yeah, like, it, in that it's way. Still, your flesh doesn't like it still now, but it's listen, it has to listen. Yeah. That's the difference. You, you've put it down. You've submitted the flesh. And so now think about it in that moment, because I think this is important for people to see, is... When peace and safety and, and the peace and safety of your soul is what you are after and somebody tells you something that is, you need to judge yourself. You need to take into account and weigh who you are, why you're doing those things. What does peace and safety want to do? Hide. Run. Yeah, run yeah. away from it. And, and even and in the, these situations, you're talking about George and your spouse, Eventually, if you follow that too much, it's like, I don't want to be married anymore. And you're running from your responsibility, and, you, and you're not dealing with those things. 
Why all four yeah. peace and safety? You're like, well, I just got to have my peace. I just don't feel safe around him. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And you've heard people say that, why they got out of a relationship. And it's probably because they got challenged. Because I'm going to tell you, this whole generation that we're seeing right now, they have not been challenged in the flesh. And so mm-hmm. you are all up in their peace and safety. Yeah. And they don't like it. They don't like it at all. That's why you're seeing them flip out. You're seeing them. They, they, don't, they don't know how to live by the Spirit at all because, one, the church really hasn't modeled it well uh, at all, and, and so nobody's good at it. I mean, even people that are in the church and Spirit-filled, they're not good at it. You know, I run into that all the time. Uh, but this is something the Lord led me to years and years ago to, be, to operate and be led by Spirit and to have that intimate fellowship with Him and put down bias which means put down the emotion, put down the logic, put submit the flesh. And when you do that on a regular basis, man, does it simplify? Yeah. It gets so much easier. It's so much better. This, Listen, when you do this, this word works. Yeah. It, it's worked the whole time. It's just we haven't been working it, right? It has worked the whole time. Just we didn't know how to apply it. And that's why when we go back to Romans 8, it says this. The mindset on the flesh death. is death, but a mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So if I'll meditate on those things, if I'll live by those things, if I will say, okay, I hear that, I hear that, uh, that thought from my flesh coming to my mind, but I reject that. Yeah. Even if I don't know why yet, even if it's illogical to me because it doesn't make sense to me yet, uh, I, because I know what God said. And I put God's thought set on the spirit above that, and I cast that thought down. Now, all of a sudden, you move towards life and peace. And without that, there's a major trap in this time. But you are not the people that are going to fall for that. If you're hearing this, I believe that you've gotten what you need to purpose yourself to live by the spirit and see that life and peace. And so let's just pray together right now. Just, Lord, right now. We ask for your forgiveness where we have not operated by the Spirit, but we've allowed peace and safety and our ears to be tickled for comfort's sake for the flesh. We've had a mindset on the flesh, and we've operated more in the soulish realm than even what we realized until today. So, Lord, we repent over that. We will not do it again. This is not who we are. This is not where we live. Father, we live by the Spirit of God. We thank you for it. And Lord, we receive your help and your guidance to grow in that. We purpose ourselves to live not by the soul, but by the Spirit. Lord, we will not be in a fleshly soul, a fleshly emotion, a fleshly logic, a fleshly will. We, do, we will not live by that. We will put all of those things in the hands of God and be led by his spirit and set our mind on the spirit of God. We thank you for it and we praise you. And Lord, we won't be deceived. We will see clearly what is right, what is heavenly. Even when it looks illogical to the world, we'll know. We will know because our mind is set on you and set on the spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God.
We love you so very much. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Abigail is going to do the offering for today. If you would like to sow into this broadcast, you are welcome to, and we invite that partnership with you, and there are benefits to that partnership. There are supernatural and spiritual benefits of that partnership where grace is released. If you'd like that today, you're welcome to. She's going to tell you all about that. Thank you, guys. Did you get something out of it? Yes, sir. Amen. Did y'all get something out of it? Glory to God. We love you, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Here's Abigail. Hey, guys, as he was saying, if the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow into this ministry, to sow into getting the word of God out to the nations, then we want to make it very simple for you to be obedient. So you can go to giveww.org. That shows all the ways to give. We have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Text to Give. You can give cryptocurrency and NFTs, whatever the Lord has placed on your heart. We want to help you do that. But there's no condemnation. If he hasn't, then please don't. And we want to pray over that, that that would be blessed. There are promises in the word. As you sow, that shall you reap, and abundantly will be your harvest. So let's pray. Lord, right now, thank you for every person who's sowing into this broadcast, who's sowing into this ministry. You've placed it on their heart for a reason, not for them to not have a harvest, but Lord, you've placed it on their heart and there is a mighty harvest coming for them, like a wave overtaking them. Thank you, Lord, for that harvest coming back on them and for blessing this seed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we want to let you know about a few exciting things. Please share this broadcast if you haven't, because that's one easy way that you can get the Word of God, this preaching, out to so many people just by taking a few seconds to share. So please do that. Subscribe if you haven't. Like this video if you haven't. And join us again tomorrow for another powerful word at noon. And also exciting news, this Thursday we will be having our interest meeting for our Boomerang Church Troy campus. It's going to be awesome. So reach out to us if you want to come. We would love to have you. It will be at the Mercantile in Troy at 5 p.m. this Thursday don't miss it. We would love to have you. Even if you don't know fully if you're going to come or not, just, just come just to the meeting. We'll see you there. And we also want to know, let you know about this video we're getting ready to play about Kickstart 23. It's going to be super exciting. Watch and come. Please come and see how you can register at the end of the video. Bye. In the latter part of 2022, the Lord said this to me. 2023 will be the year of glory. Moses said, show me your glory. He didn't get sapped. He didn't get powered down. He didn't get shut down. God said, I will call all of my goodness to pass before you. All of the goodness of God is coming into your house, into your church, into your family, into your body. All of the goodness of God, it's coming into your hand. 2023, the year of His glory.